Aloha. Okay, I want to say something because it is in correlation with today's service. And here, you guys ready? Say, I'm ready. Oh, ho'omau kau kau. Okay, there is truth in chaos. I heard three amens. Let me say it again. Not that I'm looking for your approval, the Hawaiians, okay? There is truth in the chaos. In fact, you know, there's a word in the, in the Hebrew language, it says, towabohu. And it's the word where in, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. It's the word chaos in Hebrew, meaning that God made something out of nothing. Hello. And so I'm just going to warn you guys, all right, there's going to be some heaven up here, all right? There's, going to be, there's a warning up here. Going to have some chaos going on up here while I'm trying to communicate to you, okay? And your best response is acting like there is no So every time I say there is truth, you would say in the There is truth. There is truth. Amen. Amen. Here we go. Let's start it off, okay? We believe at Ohana Church that before we're anything else, we are a family. And we, we believe specifically that we are a family of God. And what you see up on stage is not something we do just on Sundays. In fact, if any of you have been with us at our house and have broken bread with us, had supper with us, dinner with us, or lunch, we always do this about three to four times a week. We get together around our Ohana, and it's not perfect, the music. Sometimes our guitar and ukulele is out of tune. Sometimes the kids may bust a fart here and there, you know what I'm saying? Pass some gas, some holy signified gas there. Mommy and daddy may be with them on top of that, right? Because uh, we are human. We're, and, and we want to share with you guys that what we do on Sunday is the, is the result of what we do Monday through Saturday. Um. And before we anything else, we're a family of God, yeah? Amen? I see my nephew. What's up, Johnny boy? Yeah? Everybody say, wow. How's it, John? How's it? What a blessing to see him today. And all that. But there's, because we're family, yeah? It's about family. And I want to show some pictures and share with you some things that we value as a culture. How many of you remember the Brady Bunch show, right? Yeah. Right, right. How many of you remember Happy Days? All right. If you are 10 years old, you do not remember Happy Days. Okay, how many of you remember Full House? All right, all right. Uh, how many of you remember Fresh Prince of Bel Air in West Philadelphia? Help me out. Born and raised on the playground. Yeah, here we go. Right. How many? This is one of my favorites. How many remember Everybody Loves Raymond? I mean, Raymond's dad was the funniest guy on the show, right? And, and, all, and, you know, today's age, we have sitcoms like The Middle. Anybody heard of that show? The Middle, Blackish, American Housewife, and even reality shows like Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Don't lie. You know you watch that on some of you spiritual people in there. Here's a funny story. About a few years ago, Lane and I were at a pastor friend's house, and uh, the Seahawks and the 49ers were playing against each other. And while the, sh- the, the game was going on, the DVR came up on the screen, and it says, in just a moment, this is a pastor's house now, uh, keeping up with our, the Kardashians is going to record in 10 seconds. <laughs> Could you imagine how that brought a feel when we all saw that? 
saw that. And then my only response was, good job, pastor. You know what I'm saying? The only thing I could do. But that's the deal. And all of these sitcoms and reality shows we just talked about represents one thing. What is it? Family. Good job. Say it with me. Family. Ohana. And at Ohana Church, we believe this. This is actually part of our strategy. This is what we believe as a, as a church. It's up on the screen. Culturally, Ohana means family that is related by blood or adopted in. Can I get a witness, right? How many of you believe that? I, we get the word in Hawaii called Hanai. How many of you have Hanai brothers and sisters, right? How many of you have Hanai cousins, right? How many of you have Hanai auntie and uncles, right? That, that's, a, that's what, we, what culturally it means, right? Through, sometimes I even got to say, hey, to my in-laws, everybody say hi, in-laws, right there. They flew all the way from Tennessee. I got to tell them that something, oh, no, Auntie Emma, that's my real auntie. That's not my Hanai auntie, right? We got to talk like that because throughout Scripture, we see God's definition of Ohana through 1 Corinthians 12. God defines Ohana as those who have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, amen, and united together. Just as an Ohana functions with and for its members, so does God's Ohana functions. Before we're anything else, we're a Ohana. Truth is in the what? Good job, you guys listening. So I don't have a main text, but I do have a lot of scripture. And I want us to talk through three questions. And when we talk about family, ohana, there's certain things we value, but we have to ask questions, and we have to go to the Bible to see what the Bible has to say about these questions. Now, hear me out. My opinion does not matter. How I was raised, my experience, my education in seminary, all of this Bible college does not matter. Now, there are great things to have. But this is the authority of this ohana. Can I get an amen here? This is what all matters. This is what he has to say about these questions I'm going to ask us today. And the first question, read it out with me. One, two, three. What is biblical parenting? Well, here's the answer. A parent or parents who values their relationship with God above everything else. I got to stand up because I'm a preacher, okay? That's the reality. Only one thing you bring to this table as followers of Jesus. It's not your talent. It's not your education. It's not, your, it's not even your, your relationships with the community. It's first off your relationship with God. And how you value your relationship with God matters. Can I get a witness? Your relationship with God is primary. Why? Because God came for relationships. One of these uh, scholars I follow, he says the most important word in the Bible is not love. Now hear me out. The most important word in the Bible is not love. But as Christians, we would always determine Christianity as that one word love. But the most important word is not love. It's relationship. Because there cannot be no love apart from relationship. It's impossible. It's impossible to practice love. It's impossible to experience love. It's impossible to give love, to receive love, apart from, say that word with me, relationships, right? And this is what we believe at Ohana Church, that today, when we started off this new year, we have to come together as a family and just have some family time. If you help the chill the cakey area, would you stand up on your feet right now? Just stand up real quick. Come on, Hawaiians, stand up. 
All right? <coughs> okay, so listen to this. These individuals, majority or oh, all women, all right, stand up, all right? They serve countless hours through the month in missing out on our sermons because they serve in the cakey area. Sit down, please. If you serve in the hospitality area, would you stand up? Right? We have a few people that serve in the, yeah. These two, these, yeah, three. Some of them have four jobs here at the church. You know, more, more work than me. Hallelujah. All right? These women, all right, set a schedule of people donating every week food and snacks and drinks so that our Ohana can function on Sundays. I mean, it's hard for the band members to be here at 7.30 every morning. It's hard for me to be at 7.30. That's why I'm here at 8. You know what I'm saying? It's just the reality. And, and as Ohana, look, when it comes to parenting, it starts with our relationship with God. I view, me and Kahu Marcus, we view ourselves as somewhat like the parents of the church, right? And none of our education or our, our background or our experience matters. But the only thing that matters is our relationship with Christ. And that's what we bring to the table, is our relationship with Christ. And I want you to see in the scriptures how God defines this relationship with him. In the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy 6 verses 5, it says this. Help me out. You shall love the Lord your God. Help me out. With all your heart. And with all your soul and with all your might. Now listen to me. This is called the great Shema prayer. It's a Jewish practice that Jewish Orthodox believers still practice till this day. They would pray every morning and every evening in this angle. God, we pray that you would give us the love for you with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all, say that word again, might. And I want you to see those three components that is lived out through this application. Number one, our heart. Our heart represents our internal response. The way I would say it, our heart is where everything flows out from it. It's not on the screen, but Proverbs 4 says this, for out of the heart flows the well springs of life. Everything we say, our behavior, our actions is in direct connection with our heart. And when we're asking God, help us to love you with all our heart, we're asking God, man, may the things that overflow from our heart be love with the relationship we have with you. The second component is our soul, which represents our emotional response, right? How many of you, because it's Christmas season, you're just emotional wreck? You are an emotional wreck. I, I am too. I miss my mama every day. Lost my mom 10 years ago. You did not know me. I, I was a very huge mama's boy, okay? Even when I was in college, mama would come to my house and would wash my clothes, clean my dishes. And you guys all laugh, mamas, but you out there doing the same thing, Hawaiian. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was a mama's boy, all right? And, and I'm emotional. And so, so when we say, God, we, we want to love you with our soul, what we are saying is, God, we, we, we want to love God with all our passion, with all our thoughts, with all our hunger, our desires, even our perception of him. God, we want to love you with all our soul. Because look, we cannot blame emotions. We serve an emotional God. 
All right? And there's balance to that. And finally, we see number three, the last component. We want to love God with all our might. How many of you, when you power at work, when you're done, the last thing you like do is do something else? Some of you don't work in here, maybe. That's why you're not raising your hand. Let me say that again. How many of you, when you're done with work, you don't want to do nothing else? Well, when this Shema prayer is being said, that's what it's talking about. God, I'm power at work, but God, give me the strength to continue to love people. Does that make sense? Give me, the way I love God with all my might is dependent on God. I need you to love my family. Because listen to me. The last thing this Hawaiian like do when I get home is this. Now, I like the food part of this, right? But the last thing I like to do is worship with my family. Am I the only one? The last thing I want to do is like read, you know, read one of the child books that we read every day. One of the stories out of the Bible. The last thing I want to do is sing songs and play instruments and waste more energies. And that's where God reminds me, man, this is what it means to love me with all my strength, Zeke. And we need to pray that. This is what Jason, the, Jason DeRoche says. He says, this means that the call to love God is not only with our physical muscle, but with everything we have available for honoring God, which includes our spouse, our children, our house or dorm room, our pets, our wardrobe and tools and cell phones and movies and music and computers. And say that last word with me. And time. There is truth in the Okay, you guys not up. There's truth in the? Okay, there's chaos going. That's why I have to say that, all right? Here's the biblical truth, all right? When followers of Christ loves God with their everything, then they will also love others with their everything. Quiet in this room. Maybe because one reason, you're not there yet. Maybe because number two, you're not up this morning. And the reality is, listen to me, when we call ourselves parents, all right? And you may say, I'm not a parent yet. Well, perfect, you're getting trained today, Hawaiian, all right? When it comes to parenting, all right, the only thing that matters is our right relationship with God. And here's a couple things when it comes to parenting. Here's the result, all right? You ready? Say, I ready, all right? You can't get more broken English than that. I ready, all right? Number one, husbands will love wives well. And wives will respect husbands well. All right? Listen to me. All right? Because you have a love relationship with God. All right? The result of that love relationship with God is not you trying to live holy. It's not you trying to be obedient. It's not you trying to, trying to just do good works for God. It's God through you living for you. Listen to me. This is not a mechanical robotic love. This is the way God designed love. Because in and of itself, we cannot love well apart from God. We need someone who is love to press love in us and through us for the glory of his name. And when it comes to parenting, it starts with the spouses. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, Respect your husbands. 
There is truth in the... Hallelujah. Look at what Colossians says. It says, wives, say that word with me, submit to your husbands. Let's say it out louder like you believe it. One, two, three. Wives, submit to your husband. Remember I said like you believe it, right? As is fitting in the Lord. Then husbands, say that word with me, husbands. Love your... Man, say it louder. One, two, three. Love your wives and do not be harsh with her. Can I preach for a little bit? The word, women, I know it, women, I feel you. The word that you don't like in that text is what? Say it louder. Say it louder. Okay, so here's the game changer. You want to see the game changer? It's not on the screen, but in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, it says this. Here's the game changer, because after I read this, women, you should be shouting glory, okay? All right? Okay, we up, all right? It says here, all right? We, is that singular or plural? Okay, school, you guys go over here. Singular or plural? Plural, we, right? We are all, listen to me, we, y'all, you and, all right, every one of us, everyone, we are ought to submit to one another as reverence to Jesus. The issue is not women you're submitting to your husband. The issue is women you submitting to Christ. Men, the issue is not you loving your wife, right? The issue is you not submitting to Christ. Only small amens up in his joint today. <laughs> Listen to me. I don't speak as a man that's perfect. I screwed up this week. You guys want to hear what I did? And I have to apologize for it. Mama was not happy. I wasn't happy too after that. She let it be known. I forgot. You guys ready? You guys are going to like disqualify me after this. But I'm going to be honest with you guys. I, that's just me, yeah? 100. I forgot to get my wife a gift for Christmas. All you judgmental buggers over here. Just looking at me, pointing a finger. If you guys like all feel better about your sin, you can point your finger at me right now, okay? I'm pretty redeemed right now after we had the conversation. I'm repentant of it, all right? I was so caught up with the babies, right? And I bought their gifts and all this stuff. Made that as an excuse to get out of the doghouse. And then I was wondering why the next day she wasn't even talking to this Hawaiian. What's going on? Brothers, brothers, you guys ever get that moment where you're so focused on one thing that you, you totally forgot about the most important thing? Like, like, Hawaiians, listen to me. You know those dirty diaper kids you get in your life? Guess what? They go move away. Hey, brother, you know what I'm talking about, huh? You know who you left with? Your spouse. And the church says... Now, now, I know it's all funny. Hawaii, six days ago, it wasn't funny. <laughs> Bro, let me tell you what, all right? And if it wasn't for her relationship with the Lord Jesus, 
and my relationship with the Lord Jesus, we could not make porno. Does that make sense? When it was completely my fault. And for a lot of us, we want to put the fault on other people, right? But it is at the point of acknowledging of your own sin that God does what he can only do in your life. Love you through it. And so, so we worked it out. She loved me. I loved her. We enjoyed the week. The in-laws was here. We had got to travel. But the truth of the matter is, when we submit to Christ, it's easy for husbands to love your wives and wives submit and respect your husbands. Why? Because it's not you trying to do it anymore. But God doing it through you for the glory of his name. The best thing we can bring to any relationship, marriage, friendship, ohana, is a personal love relationship with God through the Lord Jesus. And listen to me. Parents, we are incompetent to love others apart from our relationship with Christ. All right? Like, it's impossible for a type A personality to love what's going on right here while I'm preaching, okay? Like, there's truth in the... Thank you so much, all right? Here's the second question. What is a biblical child? Now, parents, this is where you say, all right? What is a biblical child? The answer to that is this. One who listens, learns, and does what is required of them from their parents. And the Don is going to get an amen there. And if you are a parent out there, can I get a witness? Let me say that. What is a biblical child? One who listens, learns, and does what is required of them from their parent or parents. All right? And here's what Colossians says about this. Children, obey your parents in what? Everything. Say that word again. Everything. Not some things. Or when you just want something for Christmas. Everything. For this what? Pleases the Lord. Everything means everything. This also means the same for non-Christian parents as well. Like, non-Christian parents may have Christian children. The church may be investing in those children, and they may not have godly parents. How many of you came from an ungodly household growing up? How many of you did not have parents who know you? Yeah, many of you in this room. Listen to me. You honor God, right, as you honor your parents. Well, but you just don't know them, but God does. You know Why? You know why you should honor your parents, especially if they're lost? Because you could lead them to Jesus. There's truth in the? Amen. Hallelujah. Look at what Exodus 20, 12 says. It says, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that your Lord God is what? Giving you. You should honor God also to have long life. I believe that's what it means. 
It also means long life. You want to live, and you may say, well, I'm married, I have my own spouse, and all that. This also means you still honor your parent. But I would encourage everybody, and we can talk this on another level if we have to. Do your best not to live with your parents if you're married. We may need to sing Hawaii Ponoi now. Oh, yeah. If you are married, let me give you some wisdom. Try not to live with your parents. You know why? Because two become one, not four become one. There's a reason God said that. I remember when I went with my in-laws. I love my in-laws to death. They're the easiest people to get along with it. But just as a man, a man of God and a man in alignment with my wife, it was hard for me to lead. Listen to me. The best thing you guys can do is be dependent on God. And you know how you can be dependent on God? When you're not dependent on your parent for your marriage. Quiet in this room. But Cole, you don't know my job situation. He knows your situation. But Cole, you don't know the situation we're in. Let me tell you. The situation you are in is for the glory of Christ. You are in that situation so God can do through you what he couldn't do in any other way. He wants to, but that comes with us aligning our hearts with his truth. Are you with me? So what is a biblical child? One who listens, learns, and does what is required of them from their parents. You may say then, when do we don't listen to them, right? There has to be a line, right? When their life is completely against the word of God. When they're trying to tell you the opposite of what truth says. I know everybody looking around, what is that ESPN sound? Sorry, that's my telephone, okay? We're getting the scores today. Again, there's truth in the chaos. chaos. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to give you five biblical ways, uh, five ways to having biblical children. Number one, never stop coaching them. Let me make it more specific. Don't just let them sleep against at anybody's houses. Don't just let them go wherever they want to go. All right? You are their coach. You know why? As parents, we're so tired, we get lazy. And we want them out of the house, and we want other people to do with them what we can't do for them. And so we use cheap babysitting by sending our kids to other people's houses, which may cost them their eternity. Quiet the room. I am a perfect example of that. My mom and dad, Christian family, would love me to do whatever I want because they thought I was a perfect boy. Since I was 12 years old, I could play music. So as long as he was there on Sunday leading the worship with his ukulele or guitar or piano, um, I said, he's a good boy if he does that. What they're not knowing is what's going on Saturday, Friday night. Does that make sense? Oblivious. And years later, when I tell them what I did in the church and outside of the church, they're surprised by it. Listen to me. Remember this text. We all fall short of the glory of God, Christian or not. We all fall short. And we need 
to be godly parents. So what am I doing? For us to have biblical children, you need to be a biblical parent. You need to lead well. You need to coach well. As a football coach for, at Hilo High School, one of the greatest things I'm learning even more as a dad is that coaching doesn't start on the field. Coaching starts in the house. But as churches, as churches, we get this spiritual verbiage and Christianese language that, that overthinks and over, overdoes this whole Christian life. No, we coach people to the beauty of Jesus. Specifically, it starts in the home. Number two, display some form of parental public displays of affection. What am I saying? Mama, daddy, smoochie right in front of your children. No, for real. If you want them to learn properly how to treat a woman and a man, kiss in front of your children. Hug, all right? Spoon. Whatever, okay? You know what I meant by that. Go on the couch. Watch a movie together. Kiss each other. All right? Now, this one is hard for me because it's just not Hawaiian for me, all right? Open the door for the sister, all right? I seriously, I just never did that till I went to the mainland. I saw all the holy guys doing it, so I just jumped in on it. You know what I'm saying? I guess they doing it when in Rome. Do what Rome do, yeah? I guess, yeah. That's the reality. Learn to be affectionate to what? Healthy, but. All right? Number three. Always be transparent. Fight in front of your kids. Healthy. One of the worst things that happened in my life was my mom and dad never fought. They never fought. That was the worst thing. Why? Because they didn't teach me how to fight healthy. And so when I became a boyfriend, when I courted, even when I'm married, you know, no excuses, but it's the reality. Because I don't know how to fight. Some things we would say to each other would be mean. Are you with me? There's truth in the? Amen. Hallelujah. You're still awake. Be transparent. Let your kids see all the good, bad, and ugly in your life. Don't try to be non-transparent. Because when you become untransparent, it's harder for kids to accept the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because what the gospel does, the gospel exposes darkness. But what you've taught your kid is that to remain in the darkness. Don't be transparent about the darkness. Don't be honest about the darkness. But in all reality, our step to freedom is acknowledging that God, we need you. Why? Because I'm dark. We need you. We're living in darkness. Here's the next one. Number four, parents, don't provoke or stop provoking. Stop intimidating. Stop saying, I'm going to lick you if you do that. All, you, all the Hawaiians laugh because you know what I'm talking about, eh? Brother, try me, bro. All right? You're going to have a conversation with Jesus pretty soon, Hawaiian. You know what I'm saying? Stop making that the norm, intimidating your children. Your goal is to enjoy the coaching up of your children, even when they fail. Great example. Kaimana just got on the drum last night, and I just taught him one beat, and he struggled in the song, but he got back on. What happened? I was coaching him. Does that make sense? Well, I was doing my part. Auntie was doing her part, 
right? Mama was doing her part. What, is, what am I saying? You never stop being coaches. Because listen to me, parents, if you don't coach your child, somebody else is going to coach them. And may not be good. And so remember not to provoke them, inspire them, speak words of encouragement. Tell them the truth, but if they're acting up, tell them, you acting up. If they're being tadantadan, tell them, get back, tadantadan, all right? If they're not acting straight, and children, listen to me. If you want to be biblical, if you want to have a long-lasting relationship with the Lord Jesus, remember the definition. Listen. Learn, obey. You heard me, children? That's what it says. <laughs> All right? Here's number five. Always make Christ the focus. When we're around our table, that's the end goal. That's the beginning goal. That's the middle goal. Jesus. Jesus. And listen to me. Don't use the Jesus card to manipulate your children. Use the Jesus card. Listen to me. If you want to call it a card. To get more in love with your children. Your goal is not to belittle your child. Your goal is to fall in love with them. And when they fall in love with you, you know what that makes? More better. Say that with me, Hawaiians. More better. It's not proper, but it is for Hawaiians, all right? It's more better. It's good. It's, it's like powerful. Why? Because our kids are loving us just for us. They're loving us for Jesus in us, the hope of glory. The one who frees us from our condemnation and sin. So last one and we'll be Paul. What does this look like for us as a church, you know? For us, we do it four to five nights out of the week. We call it dinner around the table. Do you know that 90% of families in America today do not spend one ounce of dinner around the table during the week? You know what this does? It takes you away from distractions. You know what this does? It unites us. You know what this does? It changes our lives. What else? Nothing. Okay, I thought you had something to say. Look, see, at our home, listen to me, at our home we do four things. There's four components we do. Number one, we read scripture. All right, so we grab this Rick Warren, God's Big Plan for Me, story Bible book, and we read a story every night. It's like two pages. That's it. And we're in the New Testament finally, so we're reading through the stories of the Gospels of Jesus in a creative, narrative way for the children because that's where they are. So that helps us get back down to the levels we all started as as Christians. Amen? We read scripture. Number two, we have conversations. We ask them questions. In those books, there's questions to ask them, and sometimes... The only answer you're going to get is, the, is Jesus, all right, out of it. Amen. Can I get a witness, right? <laughs> and there, there's a joy in that, okay? It's Jesus. But there's good things that happen. Number three, we enjoy a meal together. Uh, women, this, women, men, they, this forces you to cook, right? Not just go to McDonald's. But the, cooking allows us to build relationship with one another and learn. Because and, we, we got a coach. It gets on my nerves that 18-year-old girls and boys don't know how to cook a, a meal. That's your fault. That's our fault. We have to, oh, they can make a sandwich. Yeah, right. <laughs> have you seen our football boys at Hilo High? Oh, boys, just put some ham and cheese. How you do that? What do you mean how you do that? 
what a generation, right? But, but we enjoy a meal. You know, another thing we do is we sing and we pray together. That are the things we do four to five. And listen to me. We don't get to do it every night. We fail sometimes. Sometimes we're so tired because there is truth in the chaos that we don't meet. We just don't. We're tired. But what we do was we try our best to encourage each other. So my wife is not going to nag me and say, hey, you didn't miss Bible study, you know, last night. Nah? No. She'll come to me and she's going to encourage me. Hey, let's make sure we get on. But I'm going to do likewise. Why? Because we are a team. And just like we teach the football team together, everyone accomplishes much. It's the same for the church. Together, everyone accomplishes much. Why? Because the family is a team. The family of God is a team. And you may say, oh, that is just your point of view. No, Hawaiians. Look at what the scripture says. In Acts 2, 42, it says this. And they devoted. Say that word. Devoted. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. It's right there up on the screen. Say it with me. One, two, three. And they what? Stop, stop, stop. What is that D word? devoted. In the Greek language, it simply means they fully immerse themselves in what they're about to do. That's what the Greek language means, meaning they gave all their attention and affection to these things that we're about to talk about. This is what they did. And they devoted themselves to the what? Apostles' teachings. We call that what? The Bible, the Word of God. Number two, and the what? The fellowship. So this fellowship was coming together in worship, in song, in adoration, in, in eating. You may say the next one is eating. The next one is not eating. All right? The third part is what? To the breaking of bread. It's not eating. That was the Lord's Supper. So we would practice the Lord's Supper around our table once a week. Why? Because we believe the best way we can share the gospel with our children is letting them identify what the cup and the bread means. Are you with me? And lastly, say that, and the what? Prayers, plural. What do you think they were praying? Say that? Exactly. There's, there, there, that was part of the prayer. But listen to me. You shall love the Lord your God. With all your heart, with all your body, with all your soul, and with all your might. You know, in the New, Test New Testament, Jesus added one more thing. Look at it. In Matthew, in Luke, in Mark, Jesus added one more. It's not on the screen. You know what he added? Your mind. He added your mind. Why? Because the mind is the deceiver of the body. When you want to do something from your heart, you know what irritates your heart? Your heart, your, your mind. But listen to me. When God said believe in the Greek language, the way the New Testament was written out, the word believe meant that you believed in faith. So why? So that your heart may be pure. Your heart and your mind may be pure. Because you can believe in Jesus Christ with all your heart. But your mind may be far from it. Like today, you can say, I'm going to go down and feed the homeless. Because that's what God's called me to do, to feed the homeless. A lot of people do that in Hilo. we got over 25 organizations that feed the homeless in Hilo. If you want to be homeless, Hilo is the place to be, all right? It really is. It's real. 
Am I lying? It's reality. I work with the community, all right? That's the reality. But listen to me. When you go hang out with a lot of them, their issue is not their heart. They're one of the most sweetest people in the world. Can I get a witness, right? Their issue is their what? They begin talking to themselves. They begin, you know, going nutsos. And I believe God has called the church, the family of God, to rise up, all right, to affect people's minds. Why? Because our mind tells our soul and our body what to do. Literally. My mind is telling me to move my fingers. My mind is telling me, listen to me, to talk. That's what my mind is doing right now. My mind is telling me to be aware of my senses right now. As best as I can with all my that opala that's going on in the world, man. You guys understand me? My, my, my mind is telling me what I'm going to do after this service. Right? My mind is everything. So, so Jesus is saying this. All right? Jesus is saying you should love the Lord your God with all your heart. Right? With all your soul. With all your mind. And now he says with all your strength. The word strength in the New Testament is the Greek word dunamas. It's where we get the English name dynamite. And what happens is that when our heart, our, our mind, our body, our soul is changed, then our witness is dynamite. Our life explodes in this community. No mind all the babies running around and acting nuts because there's truth in the chaos. That's what this service was made for today, specifically for chaos. Why? You would be reminded that in the midst of chaos, God said, let there be light. That you would be reminded that in the midst of chaos, God created the heavens and the earth. That in the midst of chaos, God said and spoke your name into existence. That in the midst of chaos, God can bring all ages today in one room and worship a living God. That in the midst of chaos, God will do what he says he will do. Here's a couple of coaching tips, all right, and we'll be told. This time, got to be intentional. You cannot wing this time. Every one of you has a smartphone, but we act like it's a stupid phone. For real, you have a thing on this called a calendar with an alarm in it. Hawaiian, God could not make it more easier for you. Schedule your time together with your family. Here's number two. This time is much beneficial when you limit distraction. Turn the TV off. Put this away. Just you and conversation and food. Amen. Hallelujah, right? Here's another uh, tip. All right. This time does not have to be perfect, all right? Promise you, while you're talking about Jesus, there's going to be a loud burp or gas noise coming out of somebody. All right? There is. It's just, we're human. Let, let it flow, baby, all right? Don't have to be perfect. And lastly, you guys ready for the big one? Have fun. Amen. Amen. Have fun. 
the great football player Sam Mills for the, for the Carolina Panthers said this quote. When it comes to setting goals, it is a dream until you write it down. Let me say it again. A godly man, a gospel-centered man, he died years ago from cancer. One of the shortest, shortest linebackers to ever play in the NFL. He was 5'8". And he was a middle linebacker. He played over, over 15 years. Most linebackers only play nine years. But he played 15 years for three different teams, for, two, for three different leagues. The Canadian, the old USF league, and now the NFL league. And then he became a coach. Then he died from cancer. And this is the statement that they put on top of his statue in, in, uh, in Carolina, South Carolina. He says this. When it comes to setting goals, it is a dream until you write it down. Many of you is going to start resolutions tomorrow. I would tell you to change that vocabulary and use the word goals. Don't use resolution. Use the word goals. All right? Use the terminology goals. And whatever you want to do in 2018, write down those goals. Here are the three goals for our Tomaselli family. Number one. We want to give 15% of our income away. We want to give 15% to the Lord. Why? We believe it takes resources to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, this is not anything to belittle you or to make. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says to live generously. And so we believe as a family, in order for these brothers to get it, we got to live it. All right? Number two, we want to share a meal with one different family every month. Why? Because we want to teach them what it means to be a gospel-centered family. Not only that, how it's fun to be a Christian. Listen to me, Hawaiians. You're talking to the biggest potty animal of all, okay? If you knew me back in the day, you would be like, that's not my pastor today. I promise you, brothers, okay? I promise you, I was there. All right, I know how that means. And listen to me, nothing fulfills me today more than seeing Jesus work in our lives as a family. And so that's our goal. Here's our third goal. We want to do one mission trip together as a family. All right? We want to go beyond Hilo, and we want to advance the gospel. Even that means our vacation time. We want to give our vacation time for letting God know, you've given us this time. Why not make much of your time with what you've given us? Does that make sense? It doesn't have to be this. It could be losing weight as a family. In fact, you best believe I'm jumping on that bandwagon. All right? I'm not as fit as I used to be. Can I get an amen, right? We have to, man. You're no good to nobody if you're not healthy yourself. The church is as healthy as the leaders. And I want to encourage everyone in this room, all right, take care of your spiritual and physical health. Amen? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I know it's been long. It was a long hour but I pray that you heard the heart of, the, of our family, our ohana to you. If there's any gift we can give you in the name of Jesus is that you would write down your goals after today. You, your spouse, or if you're a single or a single parent, you would write down your goals. You don't have to make it exhaustive, maybe it's three, four goals, and that you would ask God to help you through that. God, we thank you that there's truth in the chaos. God, we thank you that you love us despite our Opala. God, you're good even when we don't deserve your goodness. And God, we just pray. 
I pray for the men in this room today. The men that call themselves father, husband, that you would start with us. That we would be the biblical gospel model men you call us to to be in your word. That we would start today. We would we would immerse ourselves in today's action step of being the men you've called us to be in our families. I pray for our women that you would give our women tender hearts, great respect for their loved ones, specifically their spouse, their husband. And God, I pray that as we look forward to being a greater biblical role model of the gospel, you would identify that our greatest need is our relationship with you. God, help us to identify our need for you. I pray for the children this morning. I hope they've heard the gospel. Even as I have one parent left, Father, you've called me to respect and honor my dad. So God, even today, I pray for Kahu Frank in Las Vegas, Nevada. I pray for Kahu Frank, and as he's on his latter years, almost 80 years old, God, would you bless him today? I pray that he would sense this prayer from his son and that he would feel your spirit drawing you closer to him because that's the greatest thing he installed in our lives, mine and Ulu's life, and our siblings, is a relationship with you, Jesus. I pray that the same for all the families in here, as I see the Innocencio family, Vesquez family, the Rosa family, the Vitalis family, the Lamb family, the Ahuna, the Balai, the Santa Isabel family, God, the Pacheco family, Maluo family, as I look at the Hong family, the Yi family, the McBee Ohana, the Keaveehu Ohana, but all those names I see around here, Father, I pray you would bless them, Father. Figueroa Ohana, God, remind them you've given us these last names to point people to a greater name, Jesus. Help us to live in you. You live in us. For the glory of your name, even though as I stand by the, by the uh, Wong Yu in Ohana, bless them, God. All these families in this room, Father, that represent the Haleakalas in here, God. All of them, Lord Jesus, we pray that. And if you believe in this prayer.